there was an inboard. She had her hair down. Oh, the service no. hatch was open. On the belt. He scalped her whole head. Oh! Anthony had a question. He says, what happens if you overpower a boat? Say it says it's rated for 90, but you know it could handle, I think he said, and you know it could handle a 125. Apparently, the law, if you Google it, yeah. only says that you have to follow the horsepower rating up to a 20-foot boat. See that for I you said that earlier and I was like that just doesn't feel right to me. That doesn't sound right because like as far as I understand it like okay boats that have a yacht rating. So let's say the boat is registered as a yacht like you know Yellowfin yachts and Tiara yachts and like these you know they've got a yacht rating. Mm -hmm. Those are totally up there of no weight, horsepower, there's no discretion there, it's up to the captain, you know, I can put this many people safely on the boat. Right. Now, other boats, most all of them have a NMMA plate that states horsepower, weight, you know, all these factors of the boat that make it like, mm -hmm. you know, this boat can only handle 2,000 pounds of people in gear. This boat, you know, if you put 4,000 pounds, the boat could capsize, whatever, stability, right. you know, whole design. And maybe that's the case with I, the engine, I too. Only, I only ever recall seeing those stickers on, like, small boats. But if, if you do see it on the big boats, mm -hmm. it might just not be illegal to go over those. Because, I don't know, Google's betrayed me. Yeah. <laughs> many, many times. The internet. So let me not say it's the end-all, be-all, but if you Google it, because I was curious, it's it only says up to a 20-foot boat is like in the law, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe you can only get in trouble for overpowering something that's 20 feet or smaller because dad'd be pretty reckless. I mean, right, a 20-foot right. boat's hard enough to maneuver. Like, contrary to popular belief, it's mm -hmm. a lot easier to move a bigger boat. Maybe, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe the popular belief is it's easier to move a bigger boat. But when I first started, I thought... Smaller is easier. Smack the mic there, but I yeah. thought smaller easier, and I realized very quickly that is wrong. So yeah, I feel like if you start going adding crazy horsepower on a small mm -hmm. boat, I can see why that's illegal. But like, you get into a thirty-foot boat that yeah has two, three engines on it. Yeah. You split the sticks; they're easy to control. I mean, easy. Anything besides a six hundred, really? Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. Those you know, but that's just common sense. First of all, if you're buying a 30-foot boat, you probably don't have the budget for a 600. But if you, what do you mean, dude? I mean, there are some rich people with a big, with big 30 budget. 30-foot boat, dude. But your 30-foot boats now cost. You're looking for a four hundred thousand dollars. You're looking for a 30-foot boat, and you want to throw a 600 on there? That just seems like why would you do that? Yeah, 600 a single 600 engine. 600 to me is like you're you're way yeah. too rich, bro. I don't yeah. even want to. Well, you know I, mean, I mean, I don't think the 600 was really designed... For brokies. No. no. <laughs> no. It definitely wasn't designed was for brokies. But <laughs> at the same time, I think that that engine... Like, now, I know, like, as soon as it came out, sure enough, a pontoon, they put it on a pontoon boat. Like, you know, out of all the boats you could put one on, a single engine, 600 horsepower, put it on a pontoon boat. Like, Why? But I think that engine was more designed for the weight of these bigger boats, you know. Yeah. And honestly, when you get to like a thirty-foot boat, why wouldn't you? Why would you want a single engine? Like, I mean, I'm trying to get the twins as soon exactly. as I can because of the maneuverability. Mm -hmm. If one engine goes down, you can still run well, the boat. Well, what I you mean know? is like if you've got 
you'd, you'd naturally you'd put twin 600s. You know, if you've got the the space for twins, you'd, be, you'd use now all the space. Now we got a 30 foot boat, 1200 horsepower. Like absolutely, like that's what I'm saying. That's just common sense. Like you wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because first of all, those things are fat. Let's not lie. Mm -hmm. That's like what 1,300 pounds or something. Oh yeah. For, yeah, like 1290. You know, yeah, 1300 pounds. You'd have a 30 pounds. foot boat riding like this, riding like that John boat. Oh with yeah. It. What was it, a 200 XR6 or something? Yeah, clapped out customs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Nuts. That was hilarious. I mean, if you want to repower your boat above 20 foot, Yeah. because I guess legally we can't tell you. Well, well hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on here. So, you know, I think it all comes down to safety. For, for one, like if you want to overpower your boat, me, I'm personally a fan of overpowering. All my boats I've overpowered. My 20-foot Wellcraft, I had a 250 on it. You said that way too proudly. <laughs> like, like, no, it, it's not that. But, like, I FWC beefed up the transom and stuff like that. So, like, you can personally do whatever you want to do because it's yours. Like, you own the boat. You can do whatever you want with it. You can, if you own your house, you can do whatever you want with it. Like, you can do whatever you want with your stuff. Mm -hmm. But on, like, a legal side of things, like, you're responsible so let's say you overpower a boat and you go out there with this 20-foot boat with a 600 horsepower engine on it the thing's doing 80 miles an hour you fall out the boat and it you know the boat goes on and runs somebody over and kills somebody like you know you are responsible for i think you're stuff responsible like that. for that even if it's a 20 horse on the back of your engine or on the back mm. of your boat if you fall out your boat and the boat proceeds to kill somebody, <laughs> you're responsible whether you overpowered it or not. That's true. Now, but, but I mean, like, powering leads to like that liability. Happening, that happening more often, I'd bet. Yeah. You know? Well, you like like you're not gonna go and say, oh, the, is, this is a manufacturer problem, or my insurance is gonna cover it, or like anything. Like you're responsible. If you rewire your boat and you burn the thing down to the ground you're responsible it's not mm -hmm. a matter of like you know i think it's a safety thing so like most boats have a hull rating and this hull design is designed for x amount of horsepower because it's got a hull speed of how fast that hull is going to you know perform in the water and i think also some of them you know are a stability issue maybe if you go too much the boat becomes unstable and you know, it's right. uncontrollable. But if you go out and overpower it to to a ridiculous extent and do that, then what's the point of it being, mm, I don't know, like, because when I think of illegal, will a Coast Guard pull you over? Like, if they see you? Probably not. Like, if they, look, mean, at, if they look at you and they're like, hmm, that looks like a lot of horsepower for that little thing. <laughs> Are they going to go over there and... Most most of the time they won't, unless it's like astronomical, like a six hundred on the back of your thirteen whaler, like well, you might be catching some flack for that. Like you're gonna turn some heads, dude. That thing's gonna look like a sailboat with the six hundred, <laughs> the whaler like this. What are you talking about? <laughs> with the whaler, it for won't sale. support it. Six hundred on the bully netter. Yeah, the thing's going straight to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> No, it's a whaler. It's unsinkable. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. The six hundred is gonna be way down there, and the whaler is gonna be. You like a I mean? bobber yeah it's but i mean in his case you know he says it's rated for a 90. yeah what if, what if you could put a 125 on there is that even a horsepower range or did i read it wrong in the comment no well, i don't think you can get a 125 anymore i think you only make a 115 one 
well, whatever, something in that range, that's only an extra, you know, 30 horse, mm -hmm. 40 horse. Yeah, so. I, there's so many people that do that. Like, there are just so many people that do that. Like, yeah. I've seen a lot of, you know, you got 18 foot Mako with a 90, and then, you know, once you put a cooler and your family on there, um, you know. It just ain't cutting it no It just ain't cutting it, yeah. Especially if you got a hefty family. But the family. 115 will. But the 115. So, so who cares about the sticker? Well, <laughs> what it get what it gets into is kind of like you got to do it, like because most dealerships are looking at it from a legal standpoint and liability. Mm -hmm. So they legally cannot put that engine on the boat because right. it's okay. It's a legal yeah. matter. Like they're they're certified dealer mm -hmm. and the certified rating of the boat is a 90 horse they're not going to put an engine on there for you because now they knowingly mm -hmm. overpowered, overpowered the boat, the boat. so and anything that does happen now falls back on to them. them exactly okay. so if i get it in that standpoint. you you yeah. go out there you get on the boat and you get wasted and driving into a bridge and well, hold on but that's no. That's so, drunk driving. It doesn't matter how much horsepower you had on the yeah, back. Yeah, but you got to remember. Oh, if the Coast Guard most, came to my marina talking about <laughs> <laughs> he drunk drove his boat into it's your fault. What? Well, what? Well, <laughs> well, well the, what do they call it? They call it. Um, what do they call it? Like gross no, negligence. They call it gross mm. negligence, and you could prove gross negligence. Ah. So like, ah, no, dude. Yeah. Like, that can't fall back on the dealer. It will because they're going to say that the boat was unsafe to use. It was overpowered, but therefore the driver, it was unsafe. The driver was unsafe to drive. Okay, uh, all right. So let me retract. Or the captain, sorry. Let me retract the wasted statement. Let's say okay. he's just driving the boat. Yeah, he's just driving and... the boat, hits the seven-mile bridge. I get it. Okay, all right. Yep. Dude was sober, whatever. He might have not been paying attention. He but at, least he, phone, was, at least he was sober. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Toss it on the marina. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, in, in a court of law, that's how they that's how they do it, man. They're like, they're ruthless. I feel like they're always driving, pointing fingers and blaming somebody. I feel like drunk driving should trump the the negligence well they of, probably they probably will but okay. you know obviously you started you start talking about insurances and all kinds of other stuff it like it gets messy you know okay yeah yeah what's the insurance going to do about replacing it and mm -hmm. you know so so i guess to answer the question yes but no <laughs> like yeah, like mean, if you want to put a you know 115 just be on smart there, about it you know yeah just i mean do people like like what about weight ratings like see that's the thing when that, would you yeah. when would you have to beef up the transom most of, most of them are pretty well i mean the older ones if you got a 25 30 year old boat that transom's probably already like getting to be on its last leg anyway so if you're already like pushing it with the 90 and it's already like your your transom's getting questionable mm -hmm. You don't want to overpower it and then put more torque on that thing. Yeah. And then also, a lot of the older boats that people don't want to repower, you're talking about a boat that was designed back when they didn't have the weight of a four-stroke. Right. You know, a 25-year-old 18-foot Mako that was designed to hold a 90-115 two-stroke, mm -hmm. way different weight. So the actual design of the boat, stability-wise, was designed for this much weight to be in the back of it. So the weight of the rest of the boat is still the weight of the rest of the boat. It's like the Rabovich. Like the Rabovich. Mm -hmm. Or um, I put, we did that same thing. We put, I think it was a 
it was a 92 stroke. We replaced it with a 94 stroke, mm. and the weight of the 94 stroke now put the scuppers at the back of the boat underwater. And so, you know, every time you use a boat, it, you know, things about to sink, like just because it that much weight in the back of the boat. Right. These boats were designed for 92 strokes. Mm -hmm. mm. And you got to do things like I think this man talked about having. Um, I think he called it ballast tanks, but I don't know. I don't know if you call that a ballast tank or not. Like, you know, you build like boxes on the back of the boat that hold air mm -hmm. and that air creates flotation to give you stern lift and keep the back of the boat, you know, from right. squatting down I in the water. I've seen that a couple times. Cause I only know ballast tanks to be like on wakeboard boats, wake surf boats, stuff like that, where you've got, you know, a tank that fills up with water to add weight to the boat to control the size of your wake mm -hmm. to either surf or ski, you know, what, whatever you're trying to do. So gotcha. I don't know if they call them ballast or not. I mean, I would call them a flotation box. I don't know. Maybe that sounds pretty stupid. Hmm. Yeah. Well, cause that one, like, like I said, the Rybovich, that makes a lot of sense now. Cause that thing, you know, had the transom mm -hmm. issue with mm -hmm. it flexing and stuff you know, because it had, what did it have before? It had OX66s. It had OX66s. What, what was the horsepower? I think they were 250s, weren't they? Were they 250s? They didn't make a 300 OX66. No. no. Okay. They yeah. made the 300 HPDI. Right. Um, yeah, so the OX66s, it had twin 250s on there, and we upped it to the 300Rs, mm -hmm. which a boat, that, a boat that big doesn't even have a horsepower rating mm -hmm. at that point, right? That's at least not one that you can get in trouble for, but those 300Rs were just... Well, he also had all that fabrication done to support that. So, so what's so, the weight difference? Real well, quick. well, not only that, but whenever we were looking up that Rybovich, most of those that we saw already came with outboards. Like that boat was yeah. designed. Like in the video, with you that. said it was designed, but that, yeah. you just misspoke. I mean, yeah, I didn't realize that, but no, that well, that's what I'm saying is they were designed back in the day. You mm -hmm. didn't have a 300 horsepower outboard that's putting out 340 at the prop. Yeah, like didn't exist holy crap i mean and that's just where you see like power being such a because the 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 300r weighs only like 30 more pounds than the 250 oh really yeah that's what i i keep saying how impressive those 300rs are it's, it's yeah it's nuts but the weight to power ratio but the is first astronomical time, the first time those engines were on that boat it almost tore the transom off oh, like if oh, it, yeah. it looked like it was it. scary yeah it was like it was legit like especially when you you Mm -hmm. bang them in reverse mm -hmm. i'd be like just put it in gear and and it would boom. Boom, mm -hmm. like pull out the train yeah like a three inch four inch swing yeah like the thing would like and it's not even a heavier engine it's nope. just that Torky. much more powerful mm -hmm. it's yeah i've been on a lot of boats with a lot of transoms that are like it's like we'll make it that mm -hmm. we'll we'll make it yeah. yeah that ain't safe but we'll make it like mm -hmm. we'll be all right I mean, shoot, look at the little Cuban rafts and stuff. It's like, yeah, that'll yep. make it. That boat went on that transom, that was like the pucker factor. That was the top of the top for me. That's like, bro, these are going down. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, if we had those OX66s on there or an engine that was worth, you know, eh, it's only $1,000. Like, you know, it's a cheaper yeah, thing. Yeah, whatever. I wouldn't it. have been as, as hesitant. $70,000. But at $70,000, you know, looking yeah, at that transom go like this and swing four inches, I was... Like two inches. It was not I was, that but oh, it was swinging. It was moving a little bit. It was, it was moving a, a lot of it. Definitely moving a lot. But but um those OX sixty sixes had to just be so weak, I guess, because that transom could not have been moving like that the whole time. 
the transom wasn't bad. Hmm. It just couldn't handle the power of those mm-hmm. engines. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It, how how you know how far things have come mm-hmm. because they were designed for those. Yeah, weak little OX sixty six. Dude, this OX sixty six ain't really weak. Like it's not, but they're not. They, they're but... not putting out three forty at the prop. Like no. you know, like those. They're Come putting on. out those. Those things aren't putting three forty at the dude, prop either. Two stroke. Yeah, those three hundred R's. That'd be that'd be over the legal limit. What are you're they? Allowed, you're allowed to have a ten percent swing. They make. 316 or something like that but no, really it's more than that numbers are thrown around like 326 the most they okay yeah leave, that the most sounds they can right legally get away with is 330 so yeah they're definitely not that making sounds any right more than that. that sounds right the 326 sounds right mm-hmm. I, I knew it was a lot it's definitely more than 300 yeah like, it's def- no by, it's definitely by a good, by more a good than 300 margin. it's like 320 i knew it was like at the top of the of the thing and 326 sounds right yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's no. at the prop Mm-hmm. Like that's not at the flywheel. Like you know, some some of them they'll like account for their torque ratio at the flywheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like that's, that's whack. You gotta, <laughs> it is, but they do it. Like <laughs> there's a lot like, of companies that do it. That's like when you get a you know I hate when when you see cars like horsepower ratings like my truck or something that's rated mm-hmm. for 295 horse at the crank. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. What am I getting to the tire? That big old thing, freaking two twenty at the most. <laughs> tired. <laughs> oh, that sucks. But yeah, no, those things are making crazy power at the prop, mm-hmm. like like big numbers. It's it's crazy. But yeah. So to answer his question, yeah, he, you know, yes, go ahead and do it within reason. Yeah. You know. But just remember, um, you are responsible. You are responsible. Like, like it's not. Actually, let me retract that. I said, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Go ahead and do it if you please. Yeah. I'm not telling you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do whatever you want to do with yours. I'm just. I'm a telling. Bloke, you know, I'm just a bloke on the internet, right? I don't give advice about this. <laughs> but we've done a lot of them. I mean, like, there's, yeah, been, there's been like that Mako, with that. I mean, like, there's we've done a lot of them. But again, that's discretionary the the owner knows like i'm responsible for now this just just another quick branch off of that one mm-hmm. what about when it comes to selling the boat well some of them that i've done i've had people sign like a mm-hmm. yeah like yep. a consent like a di- yeah like, like a disclosure, disclosure. yeah yep. like, that they like know you understand like yeah this is overpowered yeah you understand there are 400 horsepower on the back of that boat. Like, but now you know. it's in your possession. So if somebody yeah. kills somebody with this thing, yeah, it's not on me. You knew what like you bought. Well, but you put it on. Yeah, but does that fall on you? I don't think so, because they sign. You'd better hope not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. I need to talk to an attorney. <laughs> need to talk to an attorney. <laughs> I better get some legal this counsel. Is good, this is a good comment, dude. He's bringing up important things. <laughs> it is. Well, also, like the beefing up of the transom. Some manufacturers, right. so let's say CV makes a boat in 2005, right. and they put 300s on there. 2015, mm-hmm. nothing's changed with their hull. But now there's a 350 available. Mm-hmm. Like these dates and these numbers don't really matter as much as the concept. So their transom is rated for that 350 in 2015 when that engine comes out. But it was the same transom, the same hull, the same boat back in 2005. 
So let's say you've got the 2005 and you want to repower with the 350s and your plate says 300 max. Well, you can contact the factory and a lot, and some of the manufacturers will say, you know, they've done all these tests, they've got all these notes, they know all this stuff and they can say, okay, yes, that hole is capable of X. Okay. And you can, I think you have, like, you can play with that plate a little bit based on the manufacturer that, you know, yeah, we haven't changed that boat hole design in 10 years. And yeah, that the new hull comes with these engines on it. So yeah, they you know you've got that hull that our new hulls are the same hull, but our new hulls are rated for you know yeah. seven hundred. Because because back you know five years ago yeah. you didn't know there was there a six hundred. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But let's say the mm -hmm. CV or the or the Yellowfin or these big boats. Well, they haven't changed anything on the boat. The boat can already support the weight of that engine, but you know it wasn't available back then but now mm -hmm. you got quad 600s on the back of the boat like and there's inevitably going to be people that want to do that yeah. just like there's inevitably a, someone that wants to put a 600 horsepower outboard a hundred thousand outboard on their pontoon boat <laughs> <laughs> by all I means mean, man yeah why not you know which is totally different for me because when i was growing up i mean on our lake like we had you know pontoon boats with 25 horsepower like that was yeah. it. Like you know, it, like yeah, it's impressive ain't doing. It's 100. impressive to see pontoons nowadays with moving. I mean, two hundred fifty thousand dollar pontoon oh, boat oh, doing dude, seventy. You know, I'm like, say, like the, <laughs> some of them move pretty fast. Yeah, kind of scary because it's nuts. I would not want to be in like three footers on a pontoon going fifty <laughs> yeah. mile an hour. Like it's some crazy. of these dudes send it. <laughs> they do. I I mean, it's a, it's crazy how much it's evolved just based on the availability of a product mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. that weighs so less and has so much more power yeah and yeah the 300 r is probably a really good engine for a pontoon yeah you fly with that thing <laughs> billy bob's out in his backyard going yeah you know what <laughs> i am gonna do that i think i'm gonna send it yeah <laughs> oh man but piggybacking off you're talking transoms like supporting the transom or whatever mm -hmm. and rating um, with that bracket video, it's Darius B, he asks, what did they redo the transom with, if you remember? It was Kusa. Yeah, right? yeah. Pretty much everybody does Kusa now. I, I mean... Which is a composite. Yep. Which doesn't soak in water. No. Or they, does it? No, they never rot. They never it's, rot. It's a composite woven glass mm -hmm. thing, so they don't ever... So what is the... What is... Like, what did Steve... Put in that boat like what's Kusa. the layers it's kusa sandwiched between what so usually you got like you know a, a certain size of kusa board so you got glass kusa glass kusa and then mm -hmm. glass and then depending on the thicknesses you're gonna have you know some have three some have two it all depends on how thick that transom was originally so there's no wood in that transom no okay no okay yeah. good yeah no which that's, there were a lot of comments also on, you know, not gooping up the bolts, which I'm pretty sure we did because we ended yeah. up, we lost footage um, about somebody also brought up Popeye. Is it wrong to use two black, uh, back plates on the other side? Of <laughs> yeah. The, on the other side of the transom. We didn't show that. Yeah. But we didn't have we that did. video. He, when it came off, there was these two 
I mean, mm -hmm. pretty big. Yeah, they were like they were like eight inches by a foot. And like, we had to re-drill all the holes because mm -hmm. I because I think of the way it was re-glassed, the transom, mm -hmm. the way he put like more support in the stringers, and we had to move it over yep. and re-drill those holes. We lost yep. all that footage. It, yeah. You could tell the video was older. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. You're seeing yeah. skinny. Don. <laughs> you're seeing skinny Don. Yeah, with the, yeah. With the haircut. You're about fifty pounds heavier <laughs> than. Yeah, with a, with five pounds of hair yeah. on my head, but yeah. No, but, yeah, we didn't, because um, I think at that point in time, um, we, that was, the video that we had for that piece mm -hmm. was us putting those bolts in for that bracket, to line up that bracket. Yeah. So we had drilled the hole, and I sent that bolt in, and then we were drilling the next, like, that bracket, mm -hmm. because, yeah, yeah, it was. but... But yeah, you know, our fault. We forgot the footage, and mm -hmm. we'll be better about that. Yep. But the, that's just answering a couple questions there. So you know, so people can calm down a little. Because everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh man, when that transom oh, it's gonna rot. When that transom <laughs> rots and is full of water, these people are gonna no. Oh yeah, you know, everything's covered in that sense. Well, it's just unfortunate because like we do like I mean we have like probably a hundred terabytes of video, which, yeah. I mean, unless you're like techie or like, you know, understand how much data that is, that is a lot of video. And we put up like cameras all over the place. Mm -hmm. But like when you're doing a job, you're all, we're also doing the work. Yeah. Like, so, you know, we set up cameras and then hit record and then we do the work. Mm -hmm. And we don't always remember to get this angle or get that in because there's hundreds of angles on the hundreds of different things that we do to, to do the job. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes we miss some angles and miss some shots and then you're in the room editing, trying to, you know, get the thing together. And sometimes, you're like, oh you know, no. In that giant, you know, pool of content that mm -hmm. you have, sometimes it just gets lost in there. Oh so, yeah, yeah. The yeah. footage might be there, but just you got to sift through 80 hours of video. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot. So we couldn't find it for that one, but um, but anyway, let's move on to another question. James Sokolovich asks, how do you test a Yamaha alarm for operation? I think he had a longer comment than that, but that's a brief summary. He wants to know how to test it, that his alarm's working. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's, I don't know, it might be different between brands, but with all of them that I know, you just turn the key on and it beeps at you. Yep. Right. If you turn the key on and you hear your you hear your beep from your console, then the alarm's working. Your alarm's good. Mm -hmm. Now, that's interesting because today, on the boat that we just did a lower unit service on, I don't recall hearing a beep when I turned the key. As a pontoon. Yeah, that that um, panel mount. There wasn't a buzzer, huh? No, I don't remember. I mean, we were too focused trying to figure out the oh, yeah. why I wasn't peeing, but yeah. That's another point in case. So okay, we're at a. Um, we're doing this job, which this will be a new video coming out, but mm -hmm. the audio is going to be a little weird because we've got like, I mean, so pretty much here, I'll just bring these out just to show them. Yeah. These are pretty much our main like setup is we just use GoPros on tripods. We hook them up, set them up, and let them roll. And then the audio is not always the best on these, but then we use this one with an external mic to try and get you know, better audio so we don't have to do as many voiceovers and it, it helps us to make the videos, more of them. Mm -hmm. But we were out doing, we did an impeller on a boat 
since we got the impeller done, we did it on the water and that was a whole fiasco because I almost fell off the, off the float putting this lower unit on this boat and like a gust of wind comes and I didn't have the rope on the cleat and the whole pad, like as soon as I get the lower unit up gust there, wind, everything was going the shift shaft you. lines up, getting the screw in there. Well, the problem is you were trying to put the bolt up and just doing that, you're pushing yourself away and there's nothing to grab over yeah, here. And the gust of wind you're trying comes. to keep the lower from falling. <laughs> And then I'm looking down at the rope, it's not on the cleat. And you're, you're yelling at me like, pull me in. And I'm like, the rope's not on the cleat. And then you stepped on it and I was able to pull you in. That would have oh. been a disaster. Well, the whole lower unit fell down. Amazingly, the bolt didn't fall out of the lower unit. And then the, um, the lower unit comes out like, and it's hanging on like this much of the drive shaft. I'm like, hanging on the lower unit. Just. Dumb. Oh, man. Just dummies. We look like a couple of hillbillies out there trying to like... Redneck test the fuel injector. Now you got redneck oh, changes yeah. the lower unit. Redneck lift. That's it. See? On so there's going to be a short coming out. Redneck changes the lower unit on a lift. <laughs> <laughs> man. But, yeah, no, there was no buzzer oh. there. Which, well, go back to what we were saying is the video. So when we put the, the impeller and everything, we put it all back together and it wasn't peeing. Right. So then we had to track down to figure out why it wasn't peeing, but we didn't have that camera, so now we have this video with poor audio. So, yeah, it might you not know. be too bad. The audio might not be too bad there, but but I was talking about the buzzer. Oh yeah. Because that was the question, and yeah, the freaking, the buzzer didn't come on when we were turning the key on and, and trying to check for that, you know, where the water blockage was. Yeah. And. That probably makes sense as to why he's never heard an alarm for his overheating. Because where did that, where was the blockage? It was. Well, I don't think it ever heated up because the blockage was um, just, well, it was on the fuel rail. So the fuel cooler wasn't working. I mean, once he got power, like once he was up to like 2000 RPM, it was peeing. So it was, it was, it, it was, it was dribbling. It was dribbling. So on that 150, on the port side of the engine, you got like a water jacket that's got the rectifier regulator on it. It's got, you know, an anode. It's got the hose that goes out and goes to the flush port. On the top, it's got the thermostat. And then it's got a little nipple that sticks out the side of it in between the rectifier regulator and the thermostat. And that hose goes around to the back and then hits on the fuel rail which is the fuel cooler, goes down, cools the fuel, and then out the tail tail. Now that, not that fitting there that um, is on the water jacket, that's what was clogged. And um, so the engine might not have been overheating because the thermostat's still functioning. Yeah. If anything, um, the fuel was getting hot, and when the fuel gets hot, then it, it'll, it'll atomize quicker. Well, if his boat ever was to overheat, he probably won't know. So we should, because now that I'm thinking back on it, we should probably go take a look at that. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get that handled. Uh, <laughs> that, yes, brings, <laughs> that brings up Tech Tuesday. That could be a video for Tech Tuesday, because mm -hmm. Archie Cassidy asks, what happened to Tech Tuesday? Well, I don't know. <laughs> scheduling sucks. <laughs> yeah, scheduling's very hard. Like, But... 
It's still Tech Tuesday, just not I on mean, Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Tech Tuesday, just not on Tuesdays. A lot of times it's been, a lot of times lately it's been on Fridays. And I mean, we've actually been letting out two Tech Tuesday videos a week. Mm -hmm. Plus, we've been throwing in some shorts in there just because there's like content that we've got that's like, oh, that'd be a cool video, but it ain't, you know, that ain't a 10 minute video, that ain't a five minute, it's a, it's a small video, you know, so yeah. rather than try and make these videos that are like, oh wow, you just took something that took 40 seconds and made it eight minutes, like, you know, no one wants to watch that, I don't want to watch that, no, you know, yeah. like, so... And then also we've got, you know, doing between doing the podcast and, and building out the courses that we're building, we've yeah. got an app coming out that um, is part of our academy, which kind of funds a lot of this whole operation that buys these cameras and, and funds this stuff. We've got the um, an app coming out for that, but no, Tech Tuesday is pretty much it's, just turned it in, into whenever we can get a video published. <laughs> yeah, the main priority is just getting the stuff published i guess yeah not about when just as quickly as possible yep turn stuff out um i'm sorry i was just reading down this list and and this is probably the second most my second favorite question gb asks rookie question he could be messing with us but maybe he's not and i don't mean to hurt his feelings can you turn the impeller upside down and use the other side sure not on a yamaha no, you can't. Don't don't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't don't do that. A, a used impeller. So like a yes, new, yeah. uh, like on a new impeller, no, it doesn't really matter. Like on a well, on a Yamaha. On a Yamaha, there you can't you, unless you deliberately go and cut out that little piece yeah. of rubber. But like they, yeah. you know, there's one way to put that impeller on. Yep. On a Yamaha, it only goes on one way because there's only one slot that the Woodruff key will fit in because the other part doesn't have an in any axis it doesn't have a cutout for it to go on mm -hmm. but a mercury impeller you can flip it either way yeah now if you're talking about a used impeller then no don't like it ain't send like send it <laughs> pull that thing out smack it back <laughs> in there throw some grease in there and send it dude no no oh, what could what could possibly go wrong aaron please run me through the list of things that could go wrong see i don't know if i need to be serious right now or not <laughs> no, no, stop. Because now, now I feel like I'm a mean person. No, you cannot <laughs> flip the impeller. Yeah, if it's a joke, then yeah, it's a joke. If not, then mainly because the it's a piece of rubber and it's bent like this for so long, and then if you flip it over, it's gonna break off that vein and and yeah. Then you can put rubber pieces up in your engine that's gonna clunk up in your fuel cooler. And then, <laughs> what do you think it was that was in the that was clogging that up? It was some kind of like little shell stuff in there. I took a paper clip and just poked it out. I poked it out and then I blew it out and, and it. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah, that thing was. Pissing it was like, like it. some kind of like a little shell thing, like a little. I mean, you know, just the stuff that you pick up on, like. Mm -hmm. See, that's that's like probably. It looks like the easiest job on mm -hmm. on the inline four Yamahas, and it's like. It could be pretty intimidating, like, oh no, it's not peeing. What could it be? You go mm -hmm. straight for impeller, and it's not. Yeah. But, but like, it, it's fun, you know. Once you know the, you unplug it here. Oh, not peeing. Cool. Follow that hose. Yep. Unplug it here. Still not peeing. Okay. Follow it even more, and then mm -hmm. oh look, it's peeing now. Yeah. Hey. It's like the simplest. It, it it's, is. It's, it's, it's very satisfying. I like that job. Yeah. But um, 
A lot of people also want to do the, um, now I'm not saying that it doesn't work. So everybody, that's a been, and that was always a big thing. Oh, I just hit it with compressed air. Okay. So. Sure. Will that work? Yeah, in some Tem cases it, it will. It could be temporarily though, because you'll just be. Well, think about what you're pushing doing. Pushing it right back into <laughs> the system. So yeah, you're just, just. Eventually it's going to end up. Right back where it right was. Right back where it was. Depending or, on where it is. So and depending on what it was. If yeah. it's like little shells and stuff, like maybe maybe a couple of shells hit each other and while clogged being up. pushed. Yeah, and then yep. like when you blow it out, the next time they come through, it'll be in a different pattern and they just push They'll right go out. out. Yep. So it's kind of like a 50 pretty 50. hit or miss. Yeah, it's like definitely 50-50. And, you know, you don't know if that, and now they're like rattling around in there and they get clogged somewhere else. Or somebody tries to take too much of an air compressor and then they're blasting 150 PSI of air into their cooling system. <laughs> like, jeez. You know, you can run, you can mess up some gaskets and, and it might, especially like, because most of them from the Telltale, It'll go to like a fuel cooler, then to a rectifier regulator, and then to like different parts of the block. So there's a lot of components in the in the thing, and a lot of times the clog is somewhere downstream quite a bit. So when you blast it with air, the air's going like I mean it's you're pressurizing a lot of the system that probably shouldn't have that much pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's probably I don't know. I've always been told not to use compressed air. Yeah. But it's your risk to take, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'll clear it up if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. How long? Who knows? What did you damage in the process? Who knows? Yeah, that's kind of my standpoint is that for me, most of the time, you know, someone's paying me to do it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if someone's paying to get it done, it's kind of like I'm not going to hit it with air and then on have the risk, my own risk of, like, I hit it with the air and... Four hours later, that little piece gets clogged again, and now the co the boat's coming back like, oh, it's still overheating again. It's yeah, like, no, yeah. no, no, no. I I don't I, I don't play that game. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm getting paid to do something, I'm just gonna do it, and then I know when that thing leaves, it ain't coming back for that. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. if it might come back for another legitimate issue, but you ain't coming back because some you, not yeah. For what I touched yeah yeah because I went down through the steam and poked out the stuff, and here's. Here's your little sand piece. Like that's it. Like I think I want to end it off with um, with this guy Kingfish. It's a story um, of his own from that last podcast where we brought up our war stories, um, <laughs> and this one just seems crazy. Um, and you know, it, apparently the guy's critically injured, so not very funny. But he he said, "Man, last week we had somebody out there hit something in the water mm -hmm. and ripped the." outboard off the transom came back and hit the dude that's presumably in his head bam just outboard comes flying at you you're not even looking at it oh man like that's it, nuts do you i mean just think about how like bad that could like he's like he's alive if the guy's alive. yeah he like, said critically injured so you know he's i mean alive. think about it you got a prop coming out of the water spinning four thousand rpm mm -hmm. it also you know it depends what what kind of engine it was because it couldn't have been anything too big you yeah, know, you yeah, gotta, yeah 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 you didn't shoot a 350 if you, if you, out if you hit something hard enough to throw a 300 at you to rip it off the transom <laughs> like i mean to rip the that boat is unsafe to begin with like yeah, if but, you if you hit something and the whole transom rips off the back like 
Yeah, because the trim units are supposed to have the... Yeah, yeah. Whatever he hit, it was serious. Mm -hmm. and Enough for the transom to give and not the trim unit. Yeah. Like, nuts. I mean, you know, good luck to this guy. Hope he's doing okay, but yeah, yeah. still just crazy. Like, that's trying to something, think about how that even happens. That's something that people don't think about is, like, getting hit by the prop. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, how many people have been out here on mini season and, and, and died? Like, multiple times. I mean, almost every year. I don't know. Almost every year, someone's out there and gets run over by a boat because they're, you know, they're all going out there going crazy to try and get these lobster, and the, and the holes are just littered with boats. There's boats everywhere. People go out, just rent a boat. They go out there to try and catch lobster. Somebody gets out of the boat, gets in the water, and then someone's trying to drive the boat around and, like, stay around the person. The current is taking the boat away. The current's taking the person away. And this is the first time they've ever driven a boat. Hmm. And, like, they run people over. And, like, that prop spinning, say, 1,000 RPM, that's 1,000 times a minute, it takes, you know... When you're bringing this up, I'm, I'm kind of glad I've never been out for mini seasons. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. I mean, it, I, I've been out quite a few mini seasons, and they're like... Mm. No, crazy. It, it is crazy. I mean, five in the morning, like, it looks like Christmas going out the canal. <laughs> like, with all the nav lights yeah, and the yeah, ink lights. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. But, but yeah, that, that's the problem is they, they, like, you know, one prop, like, say it's your leg. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have seven slices down your leg within you know a second you probably lost your leg let's be honest Not well no it hits a phenyl or a, your artery and you bleed out in 11 seconds yeah if you lose the leg you're bleeding out just that fast i mean mm -hmm. you know this is a, a not outboards but a story of and and i never saw like a news article on it but just word of mouth like stories of things that happen and a buddy of mine was like hey bro did you hear, like, because his dad had just got a sport fishing, uh, a Viking, mm. and, um, and I was like, oh, dude, that's pretty cool. Like, and then we started talking about it, and the backing down, and he's like, oh, dude, my dad, he'll never do that. He'll never do that ever, because there was this one lady last week who um, they were backing down on a fish, and oh, she no. fell out of the boat, oh. and the props just sucked her right up. Oh. No, she didn't, she didn't get sucked up, so she falls out of the boat, and then her husband jumps in, after her and he gets sucked up by the prop she survived which is probably even worse because oh, now man. it's like oh if you just didn't jump everybody had been okay it would have been mm -hmm. a learning experience and but, now she feels like he came in to save me and he's yeah, dead and so, i'm alive and like terrible but yeah i've heard that story was that like a was that local yeah it was in the keys it happened in the keys i'm trying to think whose boat that was i don't know but that's that's nuts, man. Like, and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like it, yeah. The prop people don't think about up. that, and they get you know flippant and like. And a prop of that size, dude, probably just got oh. shredded up. They're oh yeah, like yeah, them. you know this massive. There's probably nothing left. That sucks. That's ugh, just crazy. Ugh. Oh, there was another one. This is this last one. Last one. <laughs> but there's one lady, not a prop, but I you know I remember hearing about it. There was an inboard. And mm -hmm. she had her hair down, and oh, the service no. hatch was open. And caught in the belt. Caught in the yeah, caught in the belt. Boom! Just degloved her whole, <laughs> descalped her whole head. She's just boom, sitting there with a skull. Oh, oh! I'm glad I don't see these pictures either, because just the thought of the stuff is. 
But crazy stuff can happen when you're out there, man. It on is. Those, and on that's, those boats. That's kind of like you need to like always be paying think, attention. Yeah. Always be safe. Pay attention because like that's I mean like a lot of people think some of the stuff we do is like dangerous, but it's like I mean we're paying attention. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like don't some people get too comfortable. And yeah. that's when that's when yep, your fingers gone. I mean Ramiro, my buddy Mary, he got both those fingers gone. I forget what he got. He was on a diesel. Whoop. Lost both his fingers. Like crazy. Man, I'm glad I I need to keep these things, dude. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. any any damage I've done to him has been minor so far. Mm-hmm. Ow, that was dumb to knock on that one specifically. <laughs> knock on wood, I don't hurt him anymore. Well yeah, you were working on a car with that one. That's what I get. Mm-hmm. That's what I get. Yeah. For working on my favorite engine that's not a Verado, you know, <laughs> an, an LS. Whatever. Don't have to get into that story. <laughs> that was just dumb. Too we're much. about we're about out of time here. All right, and I'm gonna go hit the gym. <laughs> Enough of a, a away game. So we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you guys. Mm-hmm.